that's why this program or programs like this are so critical to my students because it changes their economic outlook, right? It gives them the opportunity to put poverty in their rear view mirror. Welcome to the Joint STEM Initiative podcast produced by Queen City Robotics Alliance. Now here's your host, Kaiwen Chen. Hello, this is Kaiwen Chen. I'm glad that you are joining me to talk about STEM education. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Keith Burgess a middle school STEM teacher on his concern about diversity and what he find out about one STEM program that sets a positive impression on his students. Take a listen. My name is Keith Burgess. I teach middle grade science at Druid Hills Academy. I've been teaching science for the last five years. I'm also a doctoral student at UNC Charlotte where my program focuses on urban education and my research interest is helping students, marginalized students, self-identify with STEM careers. So what I like to do is try to get those students that I work with, try to introduce them into STEM, STEM fields, STEM careers, and STEM opportunities. That way they can get accustomed to recognizing that this is something that they potentially can do when they become adults or once further down the line, if they wanna graduate from high school and go to college and take up a STEM career or a STEM major, they would have that foundation and that confidence to say, this is something that I can do. You said that's your research subject. That's what you're interested to study. That made me feel like you are described, that is a problem right now. If that is a problem right now, how severe that is. It's a, uh, diversity in STEM is um, a big issue right now. Um, anytime you're talking about a certain field, right? And you wanna talk about how can you get more input from a variety of people? Uh, it's important to have a diverse workforce, right? And so what we're seeing is that many Individuals that work in STEM fields are maybe of European descent, males, right? And so that's the input that you're getting when they're making decisions about STEM occupations or STEM jobs or STEM related issues, right? You're getting one sort of vision, right? So what we would like to see is some diversity. We like to see more women in STEM, more African-American in STEM, more intersectionality. And when we talk about intersectionality, we're talking about um, people who might be minorities and women. And so we want to make that area that feel more diverse. And what we're seeing is that many times African-Americans or people from marginalized, historically marginalized backgrounds, a lot of times they don't go into those STEM fields because when they turn on a TV, the image that they see of people in these fields do not look like them. So there's a signal that goes to their brain and says, 
hmm, they don't look like me. So maybe this isn't a career path that I should be exploring. But we tend to find if we can start introducing these students to STEM careers at a younger age and showing them a diverse workforce, then they, that might change their mindset to say, hey, this is an area, this is a field that I potentially can do. It, does, it has to be a younger age. And uh, what do you mean by younger age? How young is younger age? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, young, young is relative. So what I'm focused on is middle school grades, right? And I feel that that's probably the age range, middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, where students are going through adolescence, right? So they're starting to discover themselves. They're starting to understand their strengths and weaknesses and things that they're more inclined to do. So this would be a good age. Middle school grades is a good age because again, they're adolescents and they're getting to um, discover, hey, I'm good at this. Maybe this is something I can do. This is when they start formulating ideas of what, it, what their future might look like, what it is that they potentially can do. Of course, high school is another opportunity, but if you think about it, if you start at a younger age, right? By the time you get to high school, now you can focus on, on your interest, right? You're not still trying to discover what it is that you're interested in. You can focus in high school. And then after high school, then you're also able to make that decision. Okay, am I ready to go into the career world? Do I have enough skill? Or do I wanna do something that's gonna require um, an advanced degree or further a four-year education? And then you can make that decision. So we don't wanna wait to high school we want to try to get them at that young age during adolescence where they can really begin to know their strengths and weaknesses and things that they like and start to um, kind of come up with a plan, a roadmap on how they're going to reach their um, goals. When talking about his students in STEM career, we touch on economic mobility, which is a major on the likelihood of children having an economic outcome better than their parents. We agreed that STEM tends to be good paying jobs, which would be a solution on the economic mobility challenge we faced in Charlotte. One of the research that's out by um, Raj Chetty of Harvard um, School of Economy, he, he did this study where he's, um, he's, he wanted to see what the economic mobility was like for the 50 largest counties around the United States. And what he found was that Mecklenburg County out of the 50 largest counties was ranked number 50 in terms of economic mobility. So what that's saying is the students that I work with out of every student around the United States, they have the lowest opportunity to change their economic outcome as adults. So if they're born poor, they're likely to stay poor. That's why this program or programs like this are so critical to my students because it changes their economic outlook, right? It gives them the opportunity to put poverty in their rear view mirror because now they have the opportunity for STEM careers in the future. And we understand that many of the STEM jobs that are my, our students will be eligible to work haven't even been invented yet, right? So we're putting them in a seat and we're putting them on a road and getting them in the direction of where those next career job opportunities are going. 
And so without a program like this Queen City Robotics and the Carolinas Aviation Museum, without that, the students don't have an opportunity to even explore and get in the lane that will go in that direction. So we need programs like this to get to our students in order to give them a chance to get out of poverty. And so that's why this is so important to me because of the demographics that I work with. And I know what they historically, where they're coming from in terms of um, social economic status. Exactly. And that is also part of the reasons that we introduce STEM programs in a few Title I schools. So I asked Keith, how will this program work for his students? He used a case from his study to answer. And then let me tell you in advance that the story is a happy one. So being that my focus is on um, getting students who are marginalized to be able to self-identify in STEM careers, one of the things I did was like a, a pilot study. So I picked two other um, participants, two young ladies, African-American young ladies who participated in the, some, in the program. And um, I asked them a number of questions describing, asking and to describe their experience is work in participating in extracurricular STEM activities, right? So we're talking about programs that are happening outside of school seeing what kind of effect they would have. And I wanted to um, figure out because of their experience, what was it that they took away from the program regarding how they self-identify? Do they see themselves as individuals that will be able to participate in STEM careers in their future? And one of the ways I went about doing it is I asked them the question, when you think about someone who works in STEM, Describe what they look like. And the reason why I asked them that is because most of the research, um, there's been research done where um, they've asked students, what does someone in STEM look like? And they describe this European white male, unkempt hair, middle-aged glasses, you know, the, um, a that's the generic image that they have. But when I asked them, to my surprise, um, one student was like women, um, someone, you know, women, she, the first one was like women, you know, somebody, they could be black, they could be white, but you know, typically women. And I asked her why women? And she said, because in the programs that I've worked with, um, they were focused on women in STEM. So that just makes me think about women participating, you know, girls, we can participate in STEM. And so I asked the other student the same question, what do you think about? when you think about people who work in STEM. And she said, normal people, you know, they have normal, regular, good jobs. And I said, what do you mean by normal people? She just said, just regular. And I pressed her to say, you know, I say, are, is it white people, black people, people of Asian descent? She's like, all type of people, light-skinned people, brown-skinned people, white people, people of all different colors. And to me, what that showed me was, based on her experiences at a young age, her brain was not hardwired yet to think that people in STEM have this um, gen generic image of the white male with unkept hair. To me, they were still formulating and creating their own vision of what a person in STEM looks like. And so that's why now I'm really focused on 
you know, introducing um, these STEM programs to middle school students because their concept and their idea of someone in STEM is still being developed and it's not hardwired or hard set to a particular image. And for me, that tells me that they are able to now self-identify and this might lead to them being interested in pursuing careers that are um, involved or relate to STEM. Interesting, right? Keith wants to make sure I understand how much he appreciates this program, so he emphasized. I say all of that to say that had it not been for the Queen City Robotics um, partnership, they would not have had this opportunity and this experience. End of story. These were their opportunities. These were their shots to um, have access and exposure. So it all starts with exposure. And so if we never would have introduced them to it in the summer, and we never would have introduced it to them in the fall, the sum of their experiences would have been zero. And so with a zero sum game, there's no opportunity to say, hey, I can do this. Hey, this is an area of interest. So before we can even evaluate, we have to first introduce them to it so we can see what kind of effect it has on them. I love the story knowing our program may change someone's life for the better. Here are the takeaways. We want to influence students at a younger age as early as middle schools. We want to help them to see him or herself in STEM fields and having STEM jobs because those opportunities provide a good path for a better economic mobility. The program Keith mentioned was delivered by a group of diverse high school robotics students and it worked. The only things I ask for more now is having to provide this program to even more students. We can do it with the support from everyone listening to this podcast. So before we wrap up this episode, allow me to invite you to join us to make it happen. Hope to hear from you soon. This podcast is produced by Queen City Robotics Alliance with the support of Charlotte Area STEM Societies. Queen City Robotics Alliance, also known as QCRA, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to nurture the future workforce by providing practical, hands-on STEM experiences for area youth. QCRA is home for several high school and middle school robotics teams, where students learn how to run their team like running a business. Together, students develop outreach programs to spread STEM knowledge and training to encourage kids from all backgrounds to discover how to reach their full potential in STEM fields. QCRA is sustained by volunteers and sponsors like you. And we invite you to join us to help build a better future for all children in our community. Visit our website at queencityrobotics.org to learn more.